Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I am here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Nikki, season 27. Wow. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> season 27. What? What's the, the actual episode number? I can on? tell you that. Uh, please stand by. I can tell you 68. 69 uh we're at 569 569 569 that's amazing yeah, yeah i know right 569 uh yeah i it would have been nice to be on an even number for that episode maybe if i threw in all the placeholder episodes it'd be better yeah we'd be at 580 i think right now so that's something but 569 that's nothing to shake a stick at yeah we we talk a lot pretty good pretty (laughs) Pretty, good pretty good i would say uh we are talking we're kicking off our season 27 with a uh, set of conversations on games and gaming and i swear to you it was complete coincidence that we decided at the end of last season to kick off this season with games and uh, then that I would go to the Chautauqua Institution and an entire week would be spent on professional people talking about the importance of games in our lives. I am so overwhelmed (laughs) by research on games (laughs) and gaming. I don't know what to do. It's coming out of my ears. You're so happy. Uh, And so I'm so excited we could finally start talking about it because I got to get it out of my face. That's the most important part. So we're going to talk all about games and gaming today. Before we do that, you know the drill. Same as season uh, 26. Uh, you just head over to TakeControlADHD.com to get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show on the website, subscribe to the mailing list on the homepage, get an email with the latest episode each week. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But to really connect with us, jump into our Discord channel. We have the open community channel uh, at TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord. And you you just visit that link. You'll be whisked over to the login page to, to be able to jump into our server. If you're looking for a little bit more, you get there by way of Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in the community. All you got to do is visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast, set up your Patreon account, pick a tier, and 
that will connect you to member secret channels in our Discord server automatically. Uh, it is a great way to connect more thoroughly with your ADHD uh, fellow ADHD community. And now, I, you know, I have to talk about, I have to talk about my favorite tool. Yes. It's Text Expander, Nikki. <laughs> it's Text Expander. This week's episode is brought to you by Text Expander. It is the best invisible tool in my tech tool chest. Here's how it works. I know I don't need to tell you this because you know Text Expander is too good. You're probably already using it. If there is a piece of text that I type more than once, that's a signal that I need to add it to Text Expander. I keep my most used emails and phrases and text messages and URLs and more in my Text Expander library. A snippet can include text, links, images, code, account numbers, phone numbers, addresses, whatever you want to put in there. The trick is that for each one of those snippets in my library, I assign a unique abbreviation. Then I expand it. I can deploy the content when I need it with just a few keystrokes on any device across any apps I use. Just type the abbreviation for the snippet I'm looking for and boom, text expanded. You can even get your whole team or family access to the content they use every day or you need them to use every day across uh, all those apps. Just make sure you uh, uh, jump into a family account and uh, or a business account. You can do that, too. Now, this month we're talking about games, so I, I just have to nerd out a little bit. I have this six-year D&D campaign that I play with a couple of other couples, and I love Text Expander for keeping all my stats right in my fingers. I keep all my character bios and backstory and encumbrance and all of the nerdiest nerd stuff that gets updated so at the end of each uh, at a, at each play session so that when I'm asked, I can just type a few keystrokes and my DM knows exactly where I stand or don't stand because I'm not kidding right now as we record this. I'm in a coma. Whatever. Don't judge me. So with Text Expander, it's that easy. It's available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And for listeners of the ADHD podcast, you can get 20% off your first year of service. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Text Expander. You'll be whisked over to our page on their site where you can get started. Again, if you start now, you'll save 20% off your subscription. The way we work is changing rapidly. Make work work the way your brain works by saying more in less time with less effort using Text Expander. Our great thanks to Text Expander for sponsoring the ADHD podcast. Boom. Where do we begin? Nikki. Oh, games. So much. So good. Yeah. Now we've already covered, I think we covered at the end of last season, maybe in other times, we've covered that you are a gamer. You are in fact a uh, gamer. Yes. Apparently so. Hardcore. Hardcore. Well, Please tell me your favorite game. Uh, that's funny. I, you know, I don't even know the name of the game. Um, is it the arrow game? It's this arrow game that I'm really into <laughs> right now. So it's my favorite game right now, uh, where I have all of these little boxes and they have little arrows and you have to basically make all the boxes disappear and they only disappear if you're, you know, if they're going the arrow that isn't blocked, isn't being blocked by another little square. It is the stupidest game a, ever. <laughs> and a very thorough explanation. Thank you. Answer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, I don't know uh, what it is. And I, you know, and I'm thinking about dopamine because I know we're going to be talking about like the yeah. ADHD brain and dopamine and those little hits of dopamine. And I was trying to figure out like exactly what kind of hit of dopamine I'm getting when I click the little box and it disappears. But apparently yeah. there's something there because I keep playing it. I haven't stopped. <laughs> okay. So, all right. 
Um, I I have not. I, I'm I play um, on my. I have a PlayStation Five, and I have the VR headset. I play VR games. I play the driving games. I play. Um, I play the Star Wars games. I just finished uh, both Star Wars games back to back: the Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. On my phone, though, I play. Here's what I play: I play um, Before Your Eyes, which is a game. The game moves through time every time you blink. So you play this little story game, and when you blink, the story changes. So if you close your eyes, you might miss stuff, which is a wonderful sort of feedback. <laughs> It's fun. Uh, I play Lost City, which is like Alto's Adventure. It's a sequel of Alto's, which is a snowboarding game, which I love so much. It's completely mindful um, uh, or mindfulness gaming, right? It's like a meditation. Uh, I play Dear Reader, which is actually a game developed by one of the speakers that I saw at Chautauqua, Colleen Macklin, which is a game that presents classic literature with the words mixed up and sentences mixed up, and you have to put them in the right order. Uh, And that game is fantastic. If you're a lover of literature, Dear Reader is fantastic. The game I play, uh, the games I play when I'm sitting and waiting for stuff, right? I play Pocket Run, which is a billiards game. I play... um, uh, Good Sudoku, oh yeah, which is by the same developer as Pocket Run. I play Not Words. I think it's another Zach Gage game, which is like a crossword um, game, which is a fantastic spin on crosswords. And Threes. If you haven't played Threes, oh my gosh, Threes is amazing. It's an adding game, but it's so fast. And oh my goodness, I love it so much. So I have the whole game set up on my phone. I have a bunch of games that I don't play, but that game I for sure play. So I have a question. Do you play games that are not video games like that that are not on devices like do you like to play cards do you like to play like board games well i play i play tabletop uh rpgs and so we play uh we play D &D, Mm -hmm. and that is you know that's a straight up role-playing game Mm -hmm. right and so we take on characters and i do voices and um i do uh and and our our D D game is a for those who play uh first edition we're playing because our dm had books from when he was 12 years old that he never played he had a, the handbook and the player's handbook and the, the dungeon master guide and a bunch of modules that he never played so we're playing them now which is an extraordinary kind of feat of intellectual lift but we all do we all jump into character and we do the voices it's really really fun so but that's still I, on I a device I, isn't it no no that's like a board no. game it's no, it's a it's a it's a role playing. You're talking. You're talking through the game. He is presenting the scenario and pe- some people make notes on paper. I have my iPad. And you're and all I together like in person. The, yeah, we're all sitting around a table in person. Oh, see, I don't know anything yeah. about this D&D thing. So it's okay. like completely foreign. Well, you're to me. gonna you're gonna <laughs> learn. I'm pretty excited about what we have planned. For like, this do series, you play so like traditional soon. games like I love I love to play poker. I yeah. love to play cribbage. I like I like I like mm-hmm. card games a lot. Okay, uh, we play pandemic board game, uh, which is weird coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, right. But that was yeah. always a fun one because I, because it's a cooperative game, and that's a that's a fun way to to play games. We also play a lot of Scrabble and mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, like Wise and Otherwise. A lot of the games that are like you know you what's the I can't remember what the name is of the quintessential game like this where. Is it uh, where you're trying you have a you're trying to make up fake definitions to words and get everybody to believe that they're real? What's oh, that right. Uh, 
not categories, but like I know no. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, well, the wise and otherwise is a game just like that, but it's uh, you have to make people believe that these like classic sayings or or aphorisms are true or real, and they're very bizarre. Um, what was so, the game that Brian told us about? And that's really funny too, because we played that over Christmas. Um, yeah. Ransom oh, notes, Balderdash, Ransom notes. That yeah, is a fantastic that's a fun game. game. We play too. that too. Mm-hmm. Really, really fun. Uh, a lot of good uh, good board games yeah. too. Um, so, but you know, I mean, it's it, we that's real appointment gaming right and when i just want to play a game by myself sometimes i just got to you got to play the device and does it still count as a device game if i'm playing a game that i would otherwise play with cards like solitaire i have solitaire on my phone does it count as a could that does that count as a card game i mean sure yeah because i've played cribbage before (laughs) online when um when i want to play and nobody's around to play but yeah Yeah. i mean there is a different feel i think when you're in person and you're playing those games for sure i mean but uh um but it's all it's all a game we're all gamers whether it's in person or on a device i don't think it's one you know one's not better than the other so why do we want to pivot this all of our favorite games toward adhd what is the point of games because it makes things more fun, right? Like I think that when you look at ADHD and uh, and you look at it as a um, how it impacts your executive functions, right? So we're just going to do some basic like education here around the ADHD brain. So executive functions are all of those things that uh, basically help you figure out your self awareness, getting started. It's your working memory. It's your emotional self-regulation. It's how you get motivated. It's planning, problem-solving, organization. There's all these executive functions that are impacted by ADHD. And a piece of that is the lack of dopamine, which we were talking about before when we first started the show. Dopamine is something that ADHD brains are looking for, right? So it's not, if you listen to like Dr. Hollowell, sometimes he'll say that it's not a, it's not an attention deficit as much as it is your attention is going to go where your dopamine is. <laughs> so right. you can have attention. You can have hyper-focus attention when it's, when you're doing something that you're really enjoying. If you're doing something that you don't really want to do, or you're, you have some fear around it or whatever, then it's a lot harder to get started and you tend to avoid. And that's where those executive functions really start to be impaired. So it's that dopamine and games give us the dopamine. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times in coaching, when I'm talking to uh, clients, we talk about like, how do you gamify some of these things that you don't want to do? How do you make them more fun? How do you engage in a minute in a different way so that it does give you that little hit and, uh, and mm-hmm. it's not as painful? Yes. And that is that's one of the things that really stuck out to me as I was sitting in, in Chautauqua on this particular uh, week of games. Uh, I was learning from Colleen Macklin, who is a game designer and a, a teacher or professor of game design. And she said this. And this is the thing that I think provoked us as we were talking about this. She said games make rules fun. Yeah, I love games that. Games make rules fun, right? When you said oh, that to me, such an amazing thing. when we were talking about, you know, what we wanted to do with this topic and you said yeah. that, I mean, that hit right away. Like, I really love yeah. that, that games make rules fun. And I think that's a really important piece 
for ADHD because a lot of times there's so much resistance um, from your ADHD brain to follow rules. Mm-hmm. We don't want to follow rules. Yeah. We want to break right. all the rules. <laughs> so this yeah. makes it fun. Right. But but and as soon as you subvert that quote and say something like games make routines fun, if you're struggling to do something, I think sometimes we let our assumptions around our relationship with ADHD cloud the fact that we could actually make something fun, yeah. that maybe playing the game is the thing that's going to allow us to affect change in in our lives. And in fact, she leaned in on this whole concept. She said, not only are we all gamers, everybody in the audience is a gamer at some level. We're all game designers and have been since we were children. Mm-hmm. Playground games, uh, toy improvisational play, right? Like how many times did you draw a 65 square hopscotch like grid, right? Like we... We made up games when we were kids because that's how our brains worked. We have lost that, many of us, uh, over the course of adulting. And now, it, you know, we, we need to remind ourselves the value of games in making change in our lives, in, in being who we may be practicing, being who we want to be without stakes. In fact, you know, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit because I I think this is so important. Like she said, I I wrote this quote down specifically. She said, games provide a safe space to learn about challenges in the real world. She says, I like to think of it like this. There's a real world world, right? With its sharp teeth and big claws and cute stripes. And then there's games, cute, fluffy kittens in a bowl of marshmallows, right? I mean, the worst thing that that can happen with a kitten is that we die of a cute attack. (laughs) That's the point, right? We learn about tigers by playing with kittens, Mm -hmm. by watching their behavior. And games are the kittens, okay? Mm -hmm. So, uh, they it, being allowing ourselves the opportunity to to tackle difficult or complex real world issues, right? Things that we're really living through in low stakes. That's the importance of game without real life consequences. They're just critical because they give us a safe space to do that stuff. I I I found myself so moved by by that concept. Yeah, I wanted to make everything a game. Right, right. Absolutely, everything in my life is suddenly is a game. I wanted to make it a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the other piece is we learn in games through failure. And I think that's a that's a that's a thing that as ADHDers, uh, we struggle with. Right? Well, yeah. We and I want you to expand. Failure is a tough word. It is. And I want you to expand on what you mean by that, because I think that um, I also my head goes to the people that are really competitive. And mm-hmm. if they fail or they don't win, you know, that feeling of defeat. So I'm really curious to know what you mean that we learn through failure and gains. Can you just expand on what that, what does that mean when you heard that? Because failure implies practice, Mm -hmm. right? And I go back to my childhood in the arcades, right? Where I had to put a quarter in the machine to play a set of three tries. I get three tries. And if I can't get in three tries, it gets more expensive, right? I have to keep putting money in. Because at the end of those three tries, the game is over Mm -hmm. and then I have to try again. If the game is important to me, I'm going to keep trying, right? I'm going to keep going until I can get further and further and further. The act of failing is what drives me to practice, to keep going, right? To keep trying again. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, maybe that looks a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. As an adult, maybe the failure is I fell off my diet one day. I mm-hmm. ate something that I swear I wasn't going to eat. I ate a whole pizza. 
<laughs> just all at once. Yep. Uh, well, that in a way is, you know, going back to my video game example, that's kind of losing a life, right? That's put another, I got to put right. another quarter in. I but you get to put another quarter again. in and you get to play again. I get to put, yes, oh, I get I love to that. put another quarter in. I love that. You get to play again. Right? You get to keep going. It's a little, the stakes are so low, right? Right now, it's a, the stakes are so low where I can, I can put another quarter in. It's okay. It's absolutely okay to do it. But I've learned something by the experience. As long as I remember that I am an active participant in the game. If the game is my diet, I'm the active participant. And when I fail in the game, I'm still playing the game. Right. Right. The world isn't over. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a that is it flies in conflict to some of the the way we look at um, RSD. Right. Mm -hmm. Re rejection sensitivity. Right. Failure plays an interesting role in RSD with ADHD. Yes, right? We can really perseverate on the negative in that. And I think games give us a chance to to pivot on that and focus on the positive. What is it that we can get out of trying again? Oh, I love it. Trying again. That's great. Don't you think? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I I'm so glad I asked the question and I love your answer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, there's there some other pieces about games that I've sort of distilled, and this is from uh, both Colleen and, um, uh, oh, his name. He is the the defense, uh, he works for the Defense Intelligence Department, and we'll talk more about him. His name is Joseph Cerulic, uh, and he came and talked about using games in uh, defense training. And he is the guy who orchestrates games up and down the Defense Department, all the way up to the office of the president. Mm. They sit down and play war games. But those war games are like scenario right, games. Right, right. Right? How can you learn about someone you've never met facing a situation they've never faced because it never existed until you play games and play out all the scenarios? Oh, that's and so interesting. And playing games with experts is really important to do that. And he said, you know, playing games together teaches us about each other, mm -hmm. right? We learn about each other through these scenarios. We can change the rules. As long as we agree to do so together, we can change the rules of the game. Just because it's written on the box doesn't mean we have to play it that way. And in fact, when you're doing international defense intelligence work, you change the rules all the time, <laughs> depending on the scenario. You know... But he said, we have little players, we have boards, we have maps. We do we do the whole thing. It's a game development house. That's amazing. That's amazing. And something you just said, it reminded me of a blog post that I wrote a long, long time ago about my daughter. She was, I think, four or five at the time. So this was a long time ago. I think we were still an organizing podcast and organizing business. But we were mm -hmm. playing, uh, oh, hi-ho, cherry or cherry something. It was the little cherries okay. with the trees yeah. and then you roll or you, uh, um, oh, what's that little spinner? You do a spin and then you get to decide like what number of little cherries you take off, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's this whole roll to it. Rule, I should say, rule. And uh, she wanted to play differently. And I remember yeah. having the conversation of, you know what? Let's play differently. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Who says we have to play it by what the spinner says, you know? And so anyway, it just reminded me when you said that, it's like, you can yeah. change the rules. Absolutely. You can. 
And that is something, again, depending on where you sit in your relationship with ADHD, that, that can be very, very hard, mm-hmm. right? That can be very hard to uh, to give up the what is written on the box, how the game was intended to be played. You, you can also break the game if you do it wrong. My, my uh, wife's family, going back now generations, has one rule for all games, which is every player gets one cheat. Oh. And it doesn't matter what the cheat. Not everybody has to have the same cheat. Right. If you're playing Scrabble and you have a word and you need one square that's off the board, that might be your cheat. You can make a word that exists only by using a square that does not exist. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard to play with them if you have an issue with rules. <laughs> you already used but your it makes cheat. The game no, fun. I didn't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's totally it. That's the one rule is you get one cheat. Right. Uh, and so uh, that's pretty fun. But but this this is what came back from the the defense gaming. Yeah, games teach systems thinking and literacy, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it it even as an adult, it can teach you the way systems work mm-hmm. and system literacy. Real world world games like laws, computers, ecosystems—they're all very complex. Games simplify them to make them understandable. They distill the complexity down to the what you need to do to understand to see to, toward a solution. And finally, games prepare us for real world challenges. And that's the State Department work. That's we play right. games with experts to actually understand the world better. Um, Which really so. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um so ADHDers, you know, we're constantly looking for ways to to increase the flow of dopamine. Mm-hmm. That's uh, as you talked about. And the Mayo Clinic seems to agree. Uh, the reward center of the brain releases dopamine in response to pleasurable experience or hyper arousal. If a person experiences hyper arousal while playing video games, the brain associates the activity with dopamine. The person develops a strong drive to seek out the same pleasure again and again. That makes it sound naughty i know i was thinking the same thing dopamine's so (laughs) naughty it really is yes (laughs) so you have that yeah yeah but that's the that's the piece that that goes into retraining and that's the thing i've been thinking about like the act of playing more games actually drives you to play more games and the kinds of games you play are the games that help you learn and this is why i brought up D and D, and why I love tabletop games so much. What I have found over six years of playing as an adult, very different than when I played as a kid, is that all of us around the table use the game experience to practice being the person that we might otherwise want to be in another universe. Mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. to practice, you know, going through the the um, sort of alignment charts. Are you familiar with alignment? Do you know what that means? Not in the D&D I'm, world, no. Well, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is all part of your exploration as a future uh, tabletop gamer. I'm very excited about this. Your characters are on the, the alignment chart that goes from um, uh, uh, chaos to, um, what is it? The chaos, lawful good, uh, chaotic, neutral good, chaotic good, um, and uh, all the way through evil lawful through chaotic evil and uh and so your characters will embody that role and um it, you know the that 
particular chart. And there's a nine square grid that defines all of the roles. Uh, I, I should have it in front of me. I don't know why I can't say the words right now. I've been playing <laughs> for six years. I know my character is neutral good, which means generally I'm in favor of, of a good in the world, but I also am kind of self-serving, mm-hmm. right? I'm not necessarily lawful. I don't mind bending the rules toward the end of good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people who are just existing chaos and they want to explore that part of their identity, right? That part of their id toward playing games uh, that allow them to be a person that they they don't get. This goes into the same sort of uh the same sort of vector toward cosplay, right? Mm-hmm. Where you actually put on the garb and the gear of another person, of a character, to to embody an identity that isn't yours and experience that for a while and give yourself permission to be that person for a while. Mm-hmm. And it goes right back to the defense intelligence deputy director who said, we all owe it to ourselves to fi- rediscover playfulness in our own identity that's what gaming yeah. is all about yeah. and and so on the spectrum of gamer from somebody who plays tabletop role-playing games to somebody who dresses the part and carries a sword that's peak playful mm-hmm. that's peak introspection and I, I think that's that's a really interesting place to to live mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right i love that what do you think that's pretty good, right? It's We're great. going to talk about how how we gamify our our days uh, a little bit. How we can we are we going to talk about that. Bit, but but I'm going to throw you a little bit of a downer for a minute. No, I know you. It's like I just asked you to rediscover playfulness. I know, and now I'm like, and you are demonstrating De- that you Debbie can't. Downer from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah. Nikki negative. Nikki negative. Oh, negative, that's so negative, sad. Nikki. I don't want to be that. I know you. Hey, I don't want to be that. one who's decided. <laughs> I'm going to just be it for a moment. That's the mantle you are putting on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do. I, I This is going to open up a whole nother conversation. And I don't want to necessarily do that on this show because we can do it on another show. But I'm just curious if when you went to all of these different sessions, did they talk about addiction to games at all? Not once. No, no. So, no. I mean, what? And, I don't want to be a. I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to be negative, Nikki. Well, you're talking just, about you're talking about like addiction to video games, right? Yeah, just like having that addiction. Like if you're so into the the like the the these imaginary roles and worlds, like I can see how easy it would be to use that as a coping mechanism to be out of the real world, and how that might negatively affect somebody. I don't want to be negative, but I just it it comes up in my mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, um I that she, so Colleen did uh, did address uh, it, it was in the Q&A, right? Mm-hmm. Where she somebody asked that question. She did not address it in her principal comments. Right. Um and and her take was, look, games can be addictive. They're like they they're like coffee addiction, sure. right? Um, and, but, but understand like there are many games that are designed to be played indefinitely. They're designed for hundreds of hours of ongoing gameplay and constant new things. So you are encouraged to live in these persistent kind of online worlds. Like that is a, that's a a real thing. And they're, they're addictive because of all the things we talked about. They give you the naughty dopamine comes to work and is so naughty. (laughs) <laughs> and and wants you to give you your seeking pleasure right. and all that. But but, you know, I, I think the 
I know it's kind of a whole series in and of itself. I know it is. is. What is the maladictive? What is the maladictive kind of behavior around gaming, and how is that a thing that that you know can can have a negative impact in your life? And not like, look, if you don't currently game, how can you improve your life by thinking as a gamer? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's the that's the point I want to make. Like, if you already play games. You get it right. already. You get what it does to your brain, and you get how you how you think about it, right? Um, and and, and it, what we're gonna you know, talk about with how to gamify your day is certainly not things that are going to put you in it in any kind of an addictive behavior. It makes it fun. Yeah. It makes it fun, and I don't want right. to make it not fun. But you asked me what I thought, and that's where I kind of yeah. started to head. Well, and I, I get that. But I also think that if you have been online uh, for any duration in your adult life, you probably know the kinds of games that are I introducing what are called dark patterns, right? Mm -hmm. You have to buy jewels to play this game. Mm -hmm. You have to do, there's some sort of, of dark pattern that has you playing and keeps you playing that isn't fun and uh, and is only fun in regard to, it's the same thing to doom scrolling, right? Yeah. It's, it's only fun in regard to the dopamine hit. There's nothing else you're getting. And what we want to encourage, what I want to encourage is, you know, Focus on games coming from good sources, sources that keep your that that you trust, uh, games that are story driven games. Uh, and it, as soon as they tell you to buy jewels to keep playing, delete the game. Mm -hmm. Like you don't you don't need to 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 be a part of those addictive patterns, yeah. patterns that are designed to trigger what you're talking right, about. Right, right. Because there are lots of games that don't that can actually change the way you think and your perspective. And I think okay, so here's I'm going to be positive, Nikki. Because I look forward to meeting her. Yeah, That's, this yeah. is going to be great. Because I, for a while, I don't play this game anymore, but I used to with my mom and it was called Heyday. And mm -hmm. we would buy things, but I looked at it as it was a way for my mom and I to bond because we lived in different states. And so it was a way for us to like, you know, still kind of stay in touch with each other. And I remember talking to my husband saying this actually, and this was around the time that we did this presentation, it actually does bring me joy to do mm -hmm. this. And so I kind of set an amount that I knew that I would be okay to pay, to, to buy. Like it was, it was not an expensive amount, but mm -hmm. I did, I did purchase some things because I wanted to keep playing and I had to catch up with my mom because she was so advanced. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I think like with what you're saying too, there's always a balance too, right? Like if you can recognize right. that this is something that's bringing you joy, it's fun. And you're not like going into bankruptcy, for it or not spending money that yeah. you know you shouldn't spend because you don't have it, um, that makes a difference. Well, too. I'm going to, I'll give you an example for me, uh, which was, and and I, I have a counter example, yeah. right? And both of them cost money. Right. One of them was um, Sim Sim City. It's on, I played it on my iPhone and iPad and it was a version of the Sim game where you're, you know, you're building a city, the city matures and grows, you unlock new building types and all those kinds of things. And I really like the kind of architecting a city part of it. And I played it so much and I got such a, a dopamine hit out of it that I started spending real money to unlock things early. And that was very damaging. And I was, I felt like the addictive piece of oh, it. Right. It was not giving me value at all. Yeah. It was just the act of collecting. Right. I was paying to collect stuff and collecting digital bits that, you know, were 
ultimately valueless. I was able to get off of that. But on the positive side, um, I am a, you know, new uh, found lover of Duolingo. I'm having a blast. And I paid for the family plan for that. So everyone in my family could have their own account and not have to deal with the advertising. Mm -hmm. And that cost real money. The uh, it is gamifying language learning in a way that actually works for me. I do it every day. I've learned, you know, 350 words or something. I'm making sentences. My wife and I go on evening walks. We're both doing the same language. So we're having conversation time together. <laughs> that's, so cool. that's a game, right? That's gamifying language learning in a way that's that's really positive. That the language result is the value that digital buildings in the Didn't sim do. world was not right right, right. And so that's what i'm yeah thinking, what i'm thinking yeah. about like yeah i i on i'm on stupid uh you know uh, duolingo all the time mm-hmm. and i'm really okay with it mm-hmm. because i'm learning every time i do it mm-hmm. that's yeah really really special to me so Great. that you know that leads to Gamifying your day. Uh, you know, gamifying your day, yes. right? And we talk about what games do. Games allow us to envision and explore new worlds and possibilities. One of those, for example, is Pete speaking Spanish with his wife. Mm-hmm. That's really fantastic. So uh, one of the things you can do is make it a race, right? Whatever you're trying to do, make it a race. Pull up the stopwatch on your phone and time yourself completing a task. See how fast you can complete. You got a dishwasher to empty? Oh, Maybe time yourself. Yes. See if you could beat your time. That's Pomodoros, you. too. I, I have to say. Pomodoros. This is, I clean my house with Pomodoros because I think, okay, what can I, how much can I do in 25 minutes? And then I'm going to take a little break and I'll decide like how many Pomodoros am I going to do? So I'm going to only do two because I really yeah. don't like cleaning my house all that much. So I'm going to do two Pomodoros. I'm going to do as much as I can in that 25 minutes. It's amazing when you're like, doing it fast, how much you can get done. How much you can get done. Yeah. We talked about that like a long time ago. Not if you don't want to even want to use a Pomodoro or a a clock, use a song. A song. That's right. right? Put on Bohemian Rhapsody real loud in your house and see how much you can get done before the final quarter. Well, and I had a client and I think I've brought this up before, but it's such a great idea. Um, If any, if there's any uh, sports fans out there, which I'm sure there are, he was a football fan. So he would watch um, football and he would watch live football, but he would pause when it went to a commercial. And then he would go and do like a couple of things, like unload the dishwasher or whatever. And then he would unpause it and he would be back to his, you know, fast forward a little bit to the to the start of the game. And he did that each time. And so it was brilliant because during a, you know, three hour time period, he got a lot of stuff done in those little commercials and he didn't have to watch the commercial. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You have something to do, you know, do some push-ups, do some pull-ups, do some cleaning during commercials. It's great. Um, Make it a competition. Find somebody else in your house uh, that you can compete against to do the same chore. What's really fun is when you compete against them and they don't know they're involved in a race. I do that with my son all the time. Or my wife, when we're getting ready for bed, I'll I'll run upstairs. She doesn't know it. And I'll brush my teeth and floss my teeth. And then I'll get in bed and she'll come in the door. I'm like, I beat you to bed. <laughs> you know, so I love the example. Did you put this example in or did Melissa about the laundry Which basket? One? That was Melissa. I she love this there. idea. You and someone you live with uh, are each given a basket of clean laundry. The first one to fold and put away everything in their, their basket correctly wins. I love this idea. Yeah. I'm doing it this weekend. Yeah, Such a great way sure. of getting stuff done. 
speaking of people we live with, we're looking for a way to gamify this experience. My son, <laughs> man, he is a pill right now. He can't get himself out to bed when he's working the early shift. He was late to work yesterday. He, we had to like kick him out of bed. I don't want him to be fired. Right. If I stopped participating in this little wake up ruse that we have with each other, he would be fired from his job yes. and that would be bad for me. <laughs> um, and so we're we're looking for a way to turn waking up into a game. That's hard to do. So any ideas out there, please send them my way uh, in uh, Discord. I, I'm all ears. Um, the uh, we've got the uh, using your imagination trip. Uh, this is a good we, we're going to Mary Poppins this thing when it's time to sweep her mop the floors. Pretend you're on an Olympic curling team. I love it. Representing your country, you could even play the national anthem for your country before you start. Actually, I think you should play the national anthem when you're done, and right. you should stand you should on a chair, stand, like with being your really mop. proud. Uh, yeah, totally yeah. love that. Uh, hand on hand on heart. Great idea. Uh, and of course, awards. Give yourself a reward for completing the task. Give yourself a snack or uh, some social media time, mm -hmm. or maybe some other game time um, that you could. Go, I, I don't know, you could go shopping, you could, uh, uh, whatever, whatever. You, whatever you need to yeah. do to, to make yourself, um, give yourself that little extra dopamine push. So there's a couple other things that I've done with uh, clients that I think are a really good idea is to have like, you could do a bingo uh, for chores. So you could have like, mm -hmm. you know, make up these little bingo cards with like different chores. And then you, you have to play bingo right so you're playing bingo with each other so whoever gets the bingo first wins but you're getting yeah. all of this stuff done <laughs> right yeah. um Huge. and then the other thing that you can do which is just kind of a again to make it a little bit more fun is have the tasks in a jar kind of like the joy jar but it's not the joy jar it's like mm -hmm. task jar but you get to pick like you know you pick out something and like that's what you do so you eliminate the decision making which is really difficult sometimes with ADHDers because you want you know maybe you really are inspired to clean something but you don't know what to clean so this is where you can just pick it and yeah. and uh, get it done so yeah lots of different yeah. ways to to get stuff done and, and we've talked about Habitica yes. before in terms of apps that turn chores into games. Habitica is, is a task People manager love it. that lets you turn your tasks into um, into a essentially a, a fantasy game, yep. which is super fun. Very fun. Super fun. So lots of ways to do this. We would love it if you would share how you gamify your day. So you can you can find us in Discord or Patreon, all, all the socials, or just send an email to info at Take Control ADHD. Tell us about your best gamified techniques and tools. We want to share those ideas on the show. So please, please, please uh, just take a minute, drop us a couple sentences, tell us how you gamify your day. Uh, and uh, links uh, for all our stuff are everywhere. Website, show notes, whatever you want. You can find us. You know where to find us. So that's it. That's it for today. This was a good kickoff, it's right? Great. Good stuff. I feel good about this. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something else to contribute uh, to the conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server. You can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm -hmm.